You sound fine coming in though, I think. Maybe a little soft. Maybe try talking. Really? Uh, how about how about right now? I have this like a new shining like a uh, my uh, MacBook Pro, Pro, so it should be good. This had latest. Technology, oh, that's right? that's super yeah. cool. How much RAM you got on that bad okay. boy, Rowan? I have I don't know six or four or something. Ooh, that's yeah. perfect for Chrome. That's Not so anything cool. else <laughs> that'll barely run Chrome nowadays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe a render job. <laughs> yeah, potentially render job. We haven't gotten to talk about Crypto Peaks yet. Like I know you were there last week. We haven't gotten a chance to catch up on that. Um, how was the skiing? Like how was the sentiment amongst uh, the VCs and the yeah. crypto builders very that good. were there? Very good. So definitely very good. Uh, everybody's looking forward to the upcoming bull market in Q3, Q4. Q2 might be a little bit you know, quiet, but Q3, Q4 will be good. And also they are very actively deployed uh, investment right now. Um, so a lot of company who hasn't got investment last year uh it's very first three quarter actually getting a lot of investment right now it's very good i feel the same way like it seems like a lot more i mean deepens obviously this the sector we're all paying the most attention to probably but it feels like a lot of deepen projects are getting funded um even some like kind of like follow-on rounds because there's like a lot of interest mm -hmm. uh so i think that's just great for the space like broadly great for iotechs um yeah, it's like exciting times for sure to be yeah. in crypto. We suffered through two, two, two and a half years of brutal bear market. So yeah. we're uh, we're reaping some of the. You know, sometimes now. I love bear market. You know, team has been focused you know, on building this vision we have. Right, boom markets are always yeah. too much noise. You know, people was telling me, oh, you guys should do like a, what's that called? GRC four hundred four, something like a, I never heard about. But it gets really hot these two days. Yeah, some new token. Some new token standard. Gotcha. Yeah, but that's not important. When I feel like when people say crypto to refer to our industry, it feels like they're talking more about like deep in projects and like NFT mints and airdrops, kind of like the things that happen on top of the kind of core underlying cons consensus mechanisms and like cryptography that make all this work. But I know you got your start on the like the hardcore like cryptography side of things with a PhD and spending some time at Google and Uber and, you know, maybe the industry was just less mature back in those days. So like the focus really was on cryptography versus like all the stuff that can be built on top. But I was just curious a bit to hear about like your experiences at, at Google and Uber, like how that shaped your understanding of like the underlying core cryptographic technology. And then also like, what about crypto as we know it today? Like all the exciting stuff that's built on top, like deep in. Definitely inspired you to leave the big tech companies and co-found IOTechs? No, actually, yeah. My, my journey starts at my PhD at U Waterloo, uh, you know, where my research topic is cryptography. Um, during that time, like my research is all about, you know, how do we design crypto systems, cryptography systems that's lightweight enough that can be running on, you know, very embedded devices, like car, phone, so on and so forth. So Bitcoin white paper actually came to my eyes in the year of 2018, I think year end. You know, everybody was like so amazed about this thing is just too good to be true, right? So why such a thing exists? You know, a bunch of folks use the, you know, the lab computer to mine the token. Uh, so that's where I got into Bitcoin and obviously like a very frustrated, you know, by not be able to break it. Uh, so that's that's why, you know, I fall in love with it. <laughs> I was a very... You're, you're trying to break Bitcoin at first? Because who would believe such a 
you know, absurd thing, right? At the first glance, it's just absurd, to be honest. Um, <clears throat> yeah, then I was like uh, involved into like a Canadian uh, Bitcoin community, pretty active over there during my PhD study. And then when I was actually graduating in the year of 2012, uh, using Sam's words, you know, to describe Phoenix as a three people like Crypto City, uh, still like Coinbase is just a three people company during that time. So crypto wow. is not an industry at all, right? Very few people, very small crowds actually, you know, working on, on crypto. Of course, Google gave me an offer. I just like a no brainer for me was like one of my dream companies. So just going there, stay there for five years, pretty good at the very beginning. But later you realize, you know, the things they are working on is very boring, right? It's, it's just like a waste of talent sometimes. Yeah, then I joined Uber, <laughs> stayed there for almost two years at the hyper growth stage, you know, working with like the founder, CEO, TK, side by side almost, very much focused on security, privacy. Uh, by the way, Google actually gave me a lot of knowledge about infra uh, distributed system, while Uber actually gave me a sneak peek into the deeping, right, which we not now not talk about deeping, was something coined as like sharing economy in the year of uh, 2016, 2017-ish, I think. Uber basically taught me lesson about how the share economy works, how we incentive drivers, how we incentive riders, how we incentivize the kind of matchmaking on the platform. So magic happens over there. Um, that's that's the thing. <clears throat> then after that, I stayed in a very small kind of autonomous car company as a chief security officer for just a few months. It's a startup, basically, you know, gets acquired by Amazon very soon later. The year end 2017, that's that's you know, I co-founded IOTAX with Gene and Kevin all together. You know, we started this journey, you know, very much from the IoT blockchain perspective, now evolved into the deep in this is right now. Right. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And like what, I guess, what about um, crypto as we know it today motivated you to leave big tech? Like it sounds like you weren't, you weren't always happy with like the level of, of how interesting the projects were like at Google that you were working on. Like you wanted to work on maybe more cutting edge stuff. It also sounds like the industry probably evolved and matured over time. So there was like more opportunity to even, you know, go, mm -hmm. go out and leave big tech and launch your own layer one. But yeah, what was, what was, I guess, behind the, the impetus to leave big tech and go co-found a layer one blockchain, like in, in, idea as ambitious as that. Yeah, I, I'm not like a strong believer into this open market sort of thesis, right? I feel like people should be free, capital should be free to flow into whatever is mostly interesting or beneficial <clears throat> for themselves. The same as talent, right? So Google basically captures, not Google, you know, those big corporations just kept too much talented people working on, you know, very boring stuff, which is not important, I think, at all. So let's say Google or Facebook, actually Facebook did a good job, right? So they laid off a lot of people in the past few quarters and they have a really good, like strong earnings for this quarter. Uh, the same thing, you know, applies to Apple, Google, Amazon, I feel the same. So that's why, you know, I feel like, you know, as a talented people, you definitely like want to work on the things that will build up the future for the human being. That, that's, that's why um, I think the crypto decentralized technology is a way, is a philosophy, is a place I want to be. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think you mentioned it in terms of when you co-founded IOTEX, but that was obviously in 2017, which is a while ago now. I mean, especially for, for crypto projects, like six, seven years is almost like a lifetime to have been alive for. Um, I, I wrote this in our year in review blog post, but the way I think about IOTEX having been around for a while is like, you know, each year that passes that IOTEX is, is uh, alive and, you know, thriving, doing well, like 
becomes a little bit more Lindy with each year that passes. Like it's, you know, harder to kill, uh, a little tougher, a little, little like better on, on a survival kind of, I think time frame or standpoint. So maybe tell us a bit about like what you've learned steering IOTEX through multiple crypto cycles now and like all the volatility and ups and downs that that come with that yeah i have a lot to say about that um that's a very interesting question so if you think about that crypto is always a roughly three years spare and one year boo right so the boo is basically people are greedy and adding too much leverage to the capital market that's why you see the price is always like this and then just crash you know stay kind of stabilize accumulation for another three years um so that's why like a building a crypto startup is very much from building a traditional startup like let's say mobile startup internet startup right because like uh, if you build like an internet company uh the cycle is always 10 years you've got enough time to build like a team to work on the product grow the product you know grow to your ar eventually go into the next round expanding the team doing like a, a bigger scope project so on and so forth but crypto is very much different because you know boom market like i said before it's a lot of noisy, a lot of operation, right? You don't really have too much time to to build stuff, to realize your real vision. But like the bear market, bear market, people are so disappointed, so sad, so down, you know? People want to leave. Like, uh, you know, true builders will definitely stay here, but a lot of builders gets hyped into the cycle, will we'll mostly like leave. Um, so that's why we use, we leverage like the bear market to build stuff and we leverage like the boom market basically to trying to sell the stuff. If you think about startup, right, it's all about build and sell. So you have to really keep the pace really, really well. So, so, so that's why I, I don't want time in the market, right? I'm not a smart person to time the market, but we have to sometimes. So that's perhaps one of the secret recipes we have, you know, for surviving for almost three cycles. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome to hear. Definitely have seen that kind of internally. Um, in terms of kind of like why deepen or like why you've steered the IOTech ship to be so focused on the intersection of like the real world and blockchains. Um, yeah. Like why, why have you been so focused on kind of like deepen and real world asset sectors of crypto within your whole kind of crypto career? Like what's exciting about deepen versus other, maybe previously more, more popular sectors like DeFi mm -hmm. or like NFTs, like why the focus on kind of deepen in the real world? Yeah. So my, this is always crypto starts from like a very small group of people, almost a utopia type of people. Right. So that's kind of like a Ethereum folks. I love them, by the way, uh, <clears throat> starting from them. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. The is slowly kind of expanding to the real world. As you can tell, Bitcoin is, you know, starting from like a bunch of miners. Now it's like a, you know, ETF right now. Right. Um, so we always are thinking about crypto is kind of eating the world eventually uh, and slowly it's actually happened. And we want different like a target more on the out layers of when crypto kind of overflows to the real world. So that's why we target IoT and blockchain at the very much beginning of IoTax because of this philosophy. And now because deeping, right? Like you guys too. Um, so we are so lucky to find you guys, you know, who also believe this vision about deeping, this thesis about deeping, you know, Sammy, Mahash, EV3, Saul, Connor, you know, Steve, you guys. Um, so that's why I like this basically gave me even more belief into like we're working on the right direction. So yeah, basically help the people to adopting crypto uh, to basically make their life a little bit better. For sure. Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome to see kind of like the, 
the, the slow but steady growth of, of like talent in Deepin, like it's, it's obviously also still very kind of nascent of like an industry and there's not that that many people, but the more kind of talented people that we can get thinking about Deepin, working in Deepin, um, or at least aware of it, I think is, is kind of a benefit for, for everyone here. Um, so yeah, I think that that makes sense on kind of the why, why Deepin, why real world assets. Yeah, no, I'd love to jump in. And I think this is a, a good time to segue into talking about like what IOTechs is. And so Roland, if you had to explain it to somebody who doesn't have any background, what would be your elevator pitch? And then um, if, you could, if you could also touch on like how IOTechs is contributing to the Deepin uh, ecosystem. Yeah, definitely. So I would describe IOTechs as like one modularized infra plus many public goods for making Deepin like a real uh, growing sector, right? So let, let, let me explain to what does that mean. Um, <clears throat> for the modularity piece, basically we have our own layer one, which is super fast and decentralized, basically EVM compatible. But most importantly, we have this like off-chain compute, we call the WebStream. It's an off-chain ZKP compute layer basically can aggregate a lot of data coming from millions millions of like devices in the real world into some concise proof which can be processed by the blockchain so that's kind of like our secret source in terms of like infra provides and in addition to that we we also have like a identity layer uh, which is kind of uh, we're going to launch this year as well as this hardware abstraction layer because you know when it comes to the hardware there are always a lot of um complexity that slows down the launch of deeping projects a lot, right? So that's that's another one. But like entirely, the why we're going for modularity is because we believe inclusion for deeping builders. So we believe deeping, building a deeping project is not necessarily just like belong to a few teams who can raise like a 10 mil, 20 mil, 100 mil, right? At the very beginning, it belongs to everybody who can come here, maybe three, five person team, they should be, be be able to build like a healing type of Wi-Fi network over the weekend, pretty much as DeFi and NFT as we saw in the previous cycles. So that's like the fundamental thesis we have for Deeping. That's why we have this modularity design. On the side, we also have some public goods because we feel like everybody is very much focused on their own vertical, you know, Wi-Fi transportation, energy, so on and so forth. There must be some guy, you know, who has some, you know, extra cycles can do some public good for Deeping. So that's why we have Deeping Scan, which is more like a coin market cap of a very specific or tailor for Deeping builders, miners, and investors. Basically, uh, this one is getting a lot of tractions right now, but it's all for free. So if you have a Deeping project, you want to have more exposure, definitely, you know, contact us to get listed on the Deeping Scan. And another one, uh, public good we have is called Liquid Hub. Basically, we saw some early stage dipping project. They have this difficulty to having their tokens, you know, listed on good CEX or getting liquidity, right? So that's where they can just kick off like a gross flywheel. So that's why we provide this liquid hub for free. So they can get the token listed on our DAX. Plus, we have some sort of liquidity mining stuff. Corner lovely knows this way better than me, by the way. Um, then, you know, we can help them to grow their token even on day one. Yeah, so we're kind of continuous building those public good stuff on the side uh, while we are actually building up our modular pieces as well. Yeah, so let's um, let's kind of focus first on the EVM compatible chain that you mentioned. Um, so you guys are largely targeting deep in specific projects. So you could describe Biotech almost as like a deep in specific L1. 
what we've seen in the last year, obviously, like Solana has really taken off and has become almost a preferred platform for some deep in builders. But more recently, we've seen these high throughput chains like SWE, Monad, Aptos also emerge, which are all very well capitalized. And in some cases, they're even writing seven figure checks to some deep in projects to have them come launch on their chain. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, um, how, how do you envision one? Is this like a competitive landscape or are you more? Um, I, so, yeah, like how competitive is this in your eyes? And also, how would you convince or what value propositions would you describe to a founder in order to convince them to come launch on IOTEX? Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I just got a lot of such questions from investors from community. Yes, the answer is it's a very competitive, like a battlefield. So a lot of people, uh, a lot of layer ones, layer twos for now, they're just competing for D apps or applications building on top, right? Like you can tell there are like a several categories of application, DeFi being one of them, game, NFT, DP now become like a growing kind of application or scenario driven category for a lot of layer one, layer twos. Um, so which which is good, which is good for DP, but which is also create a lot of competition here. So IOTAX is definitely like a, we, we have a very high, like a TPS high throughput. So now it looks like this is a must have for all, almost every layer one and layer two. But at the same time, so we can ship our chain in terms of like a tech feature as well as the token economics very much towards like the DP project, which I don't think Solana can do this. Right, because they are more like a general purpose layer one, so they cannot do the Solana token economics too much leaning towards the deeping per se. All right, so they still have to consider like a game developer, DeFi de- developer, so on and so forth. I think the same thing applies to SUI, SEI, and there are some other arbitron as well, layer one, layer two. But we can do something very ag- aggressive, like you guys will see actually in the IOTEX 2.0, which is like a big vision white paper that is upcoming this year. So we will to IOTEX token economics very much to incentivize deeping builders come here to build in a decentralized and transparent way. Thanks a lot, Roland. Alpha alert right there. That makes a lot of sense. Um, what do you really think looking around? Because IOTEX is kind of this ecosystem that has a lot of different projects involved with it. What do you think Deepin founders are really looking for at the moment? And how are you really working to solve those problems? Like, what are the real trade-offs you think that building on IOTEX gives people that they can't get elsewhere uh, that really sort of should drive attention and builders towards you over the next couple of years? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think Deepin builders <clears throat> are very much different from DeFi builders per se, right? Um, so deeping builders are always ambitious, um, kind of have some sort of like a web two experience in different sectors. Uh, so they want to change the world. They want to like, they are not too like a finance focused person or people, but like they very much want to change the world. That's the type of personal, personal we, we, we saw after talking with so many deeping founders. Um, of course, what they need first is money, right? Is somewhere so they can get their dreams started by having people to do investment or some sort of like an incentive so they can get kind of kick out, kick off the flywheel. I think, you know, so definitely on this side, so we're helping them or like attracting them by having this accelerator program, uh, basically launched, I think in the past months with Future Money and, for, and the Foresight X all together. 
um, to give them the first check, basically. Then what we're going to launch in IOTest 2.0, as I mentioned, this token economics part is give them like the incentives in terms of IOTest token. So they can still like uh, hold the IOTest or they can sell, basically capitalize some of their like, kind of initial growth uh, on IOTest, right? So once it kind of grows bigger, so we want to get them onto like a liquid hub, which is for free. So they have their token kind of trading, miners selling or speculators buying. So they can have this economics ongoing. Then eventually, you know, so I think we want them kind of taking off from here. And another one, oh, I forgot to mention is once they get into like a growth stage, like a helium demo or like a larger type of projects, so they will have a lot of devices. So that's where the off-chain compute actually kicks in. Because how can you make sure like you have a fair token economics by rewarding people if they drive 200 miles per day or whatever, right? So you can't you can do this in a very centralized way on day one when you were very, very small. But like when you already have like a few hundred, a few thousand, a few million devices around the world. So this off-chain part has to be like a fair, transparent, decentralized in a way. So Webstream is actually you know waiting here for those projects to get into that stage. In hook, hook on. So we provide this like a zero knowledge proof off chain compute. So technically, it's it's very similar to like a zk rollup if you think about it, right? How can I make sure all the off chain transactions are fair, correct, right, and also that uh, are testable, which is basically zk technology behind. The same thing happens here for the for the device. So which contribute their data to this web stream, which you know kind of converts to a proof for smart contracts on chain. Yeah, web, uh, Webstream is almost like a ZK coprocessor, right, Rowlin? Yeah. Um, and, it, and it's interesting to me as well because you have all these deep in hardware devices in the wild, which are generating data. And there's this cryptographic key within those devices, which is signing that data. However, that data in its natural form is just like raw. And typically it needs to be like processed, you know, refined and transformed in order to be used in like downstream applications um, or even to just like derive insights from it, similar to what you were talking about. So I, I love the idea and there definitely needs to be the verify, like verifiable aspect to it as well, because you can't just do all that processing off chain and then, you know, have a smart contract come and then like ingest that data. So mm -hmm. could you give like, um, I guess just like a tangible example or like a real type of example just to help the listeners kind of understand how that workflow could look like. And maybe like if, you know, these smart contract applications could end up utilizing some of that data, like what what's a potential use case there? Yeah, sure. I'll give you an example, right? So we have done like a POC with a demo and a streamer recently all together with Webstream and IOTAX chain. So the, 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 the demo is uh, like the POC is really simple. So basically demo supplies the data from a device on a customer's car. Basically says, oh, this guy drives 200 miles or maybe 100 miles per day, right? And this data actually goes through like a streamers, like a pipeline, data pipeline, pops up pipeline, goes to Webstream. Then Webstream has a circuit basically to attest if this is true or not by looking at the automator kind of rating says, oh, this car actually drives like a 200 meters, uh, 200 miles per uh, per day, right? So this become like concise as AKP, which goes to a smart contract sitting on IOTAX chain says, oh, dude, this guy has been driving really well, gave him like a 10 tokens, 
So they're going to, uh, basically we're going to demonstrate this one to an insurance company to see um, how, 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 how much interest they have. But it's a very interesting demo. I think we will showcase to the, to the people later. Yeah, um, I don't know if you guys can hear there's like some construction, of course, that started above me. So if it's terrible, uh, I can just have Sammy ask my question. It's fine. For now, it's I'll part of the deep corner. <laughs> it's not bad. It's part of the, part of the what? Part of the deeping, right? Physical infrastructure behind you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to those guys after. Um, okay. Well, yeah, I think that's, that's helpful to have like a tangible kind of real world example of, of what we're building. Um, something I've been pleasantly surprised with since, since joining the team round is like, I think the, the depth and level of like hardware specific expertise on the team. Um, I don't think this is something that like really any, really many projects in crypto have. I mean, even like even deep in projects, um, deep in infrastructure projects, especially like it just seems like with, with Shin Shin and everyone else we've got on the team, like there's a lot of very, very deep, like hardware expertise. Um, so if you could talk a bit about like maybe the team's hardware chops and how that plays into the broader kind of IOTech strategy, um, whether it's with SDKs or device connect and just like, yeah, how you see our, our, our hardware chops playing into the, the broader IOTechs kind of go to market. Yeah, sure. Um, so we did two experiments, go to market experiments in the year of 2020 uh, to 2022, right? So the first one is like a UCAN smart home camera, basically around using blockchain to provide your privacy together with TE authentication, so on and so forth. And this device has been like a winning CES uh, award in 2020 and also still selling on Amazon.com. If you want to buy one, you can buy one right now. So this is a experiment one, right? We don't have a token for this one, but it's a very kind of consumer facing device, still selling very well. Um, so this is one. Another one is called a PayPal. That's in the year of 2021. So it's more like a kind of like a small tracker with other 16 sensors. So you can track your velocity, location, uh, light, what else? Like a temperature, maybe carbon dioxide level, so on and so forth. Um, so this one is more like a two developer type of hardware, right? So we are not going to sit in this to consumer people. But when we put this on, on cross supply, which is a Kickstarter for hardware in the United States, we sold 2000 in two weeks because we kind of promising like a token mining for this one. So this gave us a lot of inspiration about, oh, you know, people really don't care about the underlying blockchain technology or privacy at all, right? What they care is about the tokens, the earnings part. Um, so this gave a lot of inspiration uh, for like an early definition about uh, the thing we call it machine five, but you know, Sammy, thank you for coming up with this deep in terminology, which is basically better captured what is going on here. So we kind of switched to talk about deeping as our part of our identity, right? <clears throat> so after these two experiments, we found, okay, so doing a hardware is really hard, right? So like the team has been working hard one year at most you can ship like one hardware. So we're not a hardware company at all, right? So we do this because we want to try out, you know, Basically, we want to walk through everything like the hardware, like the deeping builders have to go through. And we found like the pain points here. The pain points is, you know, dealing with the supply chain, dealing with manufacturer, dealing with different variations of hardware. 
That's why we come up with like one product. We haven't officially launched yet, but some of our partners actually are testing it out. It's called Device Connect. We want to abstract away, ideally, right? We want to abstract away everything about the hardware to make it very universal. So you can use this one on your phone app as well because the phone is a device. You can use this one on Raspberry Pi, on ESP32, on Arduino, or even other kind of sensors or boards. So which will, we hope at least, you know, kind of expedite a lot of um, the, the progress for people to do in hardware. So, you know, ideally, I still want like a DeFi pace, right? So you can have like a deeping project over, over a weekend. Yeah, and I just had a random question that I wanted to ask you since you mentioned smartphones. Do you see smartphones as being the future of, you know, deepened devices? We, and like, I guess an example would be HiveMapper with their specific device that they have for mapping and then Natix using the smartphone. So with your hardware background, what do you think in general is going to be the trend that we continue to see in this next cycle? Is it going to be, are there trade-offs? Most likely there are trade-offs, but if you had a bet, what do you think it's it's going to be um, the majority of deep in projects using? Yeah, good question, Sam. Yeah, I feel like a phone is a very low cost, low upfront cost type of device. You can try out different ideas, right? So you, like for this car driving, collecting like a mapping information, as an example, using phone to start is not a bad idea, but like a phone has a lot of limitations. Once you kind of identify the vertical is really kind of uh, promising, I, I feel like you should still go for the specific hardware approach having like a higher definition of the camera, like a better connectivity, right? Um, so on and so forth. So phone is more like a kind of experimental field for deeping ideas. Yeah, it makes sense. I think it plays into the thesis you had about lowering the barrier to entry for deepens, like both with IOTEX infrastructure and also just with like general purpose hardware and devices, right? If you don't need to go out and design an entirely new custom device you can obviously launch much faster um and kind of edge devices like smartphones have been getting more and more powerful just kind of as like a technological trend more compute more storage uh more bandwidth on these new wireless networks so all that kind of kind of leads to them being used more often i think how do you guys um, think about this? i think you mentioned so, sorry, Connor, how do you guys think about this like a vision pro do you see any like a deeping projects around there I haven't tried it, but I would love to. Have you? No, not yet. But I saw a lot of good stuff about this Vision Pro. I mean, it could be the hardware. Like, well, you would need Apple to like, to like open up some kind of API access to third-party developers. But if like, if you could take like visual input, like imagery, from your Apple device or other, like measurements that it takes. Um, and some other application could use those, then you could like issue tokens based on contributing that data. I mean, you could be walking around and like mapping for Hive Mapper like with your Apple Vision Pro. Or That's a good point. I never thought about that. That'd be hilarious. Literally walking around mapping, earning tokens with the Vision yeah. Pro. Now, I was going to say, Roland, quick question to you on that point. You know, uh, when you launched IOTEX and MachineFi, you have a pretty good ecosystem of partners, right? Like original investors are guys like Samsung Next, like Draper, people at the end of the day that care a lot about machine infrastructure and about hardware. 
I'd love it if you would talk maybe just a little bit about kind of how those relationships have continued to develop. And I think what people are really interested in is like whether there are any like early indications of real world adoption coming from some of the investors that might have at the earlier stages poured a lot of capital into things uh, in the space. So, you know, any color you can kind of share around that about sort of investors that you're seeing get really excited about this. Uh, if you could touch on sort of previous investors as well and kind of what you're sort of seeing them doing, that would be amazing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we have, a, um, you know, aside from crypto, we have some like collaboration with sort of like industry partners as well. Like you mentioned about Samsung, right? So we also work with Google, we work with ARM, like the chief manufacturer as well, as well as Qualcomm. Um, so for them, of course, adopting like a new kind of controversial technology is not uh, not too fast. But like definitely like we are trying like a different ideas, you know. I think starting from 2019, so there is some experiment around supply chain, right? Auto automatic kind of settlement of the supply chain payment, supply chain finance. I think that's the first shoot we have. Later, we actually work with ARM on those like confidential computing on the edge device type of ideas. Xinxin, our head of research, is mostly driving those efforts. And recently, Samsung, right, who investing us in the in last year. Um, so we were talking with like a different BUs in Samsung. Uh, some of them are doing kind of like a phone, as you're mentioning. Some of them doing some mobile devices, home IoT devices, camera devices, so on and so forth. Specifically, we were talking about this camera data, right? So because camera data becomes very valuable in the context of AI machine learning, right? To make machine or smart, even smarter than us. So there are some kind of ongoing, you know, chats, collaboration about how can we just incentivize people to having them to contribute their camera data, like outdoor camera data specifically, you know, to some machine learning models to make it great. But still, you know, like I said, so those efforts are going very slow. I still feel like the real world adoption is happening in about three to five years, not next year. Got it. So it still seems like it's a lot of experimentation and people testing new primitives and trying to figure out how it can kind of move into their business. Exactly. Another one I actually forgot to mention is Aura Rain. So this is also our partner too. So they have this rain, basically measure your heart rate and everything else, you know, give, give you a sense of, oh, did you have a good sleep? Did you eat good? Did you, you know, work out well? So also we are kind of working with them because they kind of want to monetize people's data in a way to, um, you know, letting people to contribute more data to them at the same time, deliver like a good analysis, even across many crowds to people in a way. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, we mentioned it, or you mentioned it previously a bit, but I wanted to dive in a little bit more on the Marshall DAO, uh, an IIP 23, which just passed. So, I mean, just maybe like, imagine you're, you're speaking to like a deep end builder, right? Like how would you articulate the, the potential value or benefit to a deep end builder of the Marshall DAO? Like what, what should they be excited to hear? Um, that IOTEX is doing here. Yeah, so we want to be like a very transparent on how can we, you know, have a win-win with you guys as a deep in builders conversation, right? So basically, if you can hook up more devices to produce more sort of off-chain proofs using WebStream, you're getting more IOTEX tokens. I think this will be financially very interesting to some very early stage projects. Right. That makes sense. And it's, it's basically like, um, an allocation, like voting to allocate IOTX token flows towards 
various use cases kind of proposals. Yeah. So it's basically like using, using the IOTEX market cap and token as a way to kind of like community crowdsource or fund yeah. different. So, so I can use like curve DAO as an example or analogy here, right? So you guys know curve, um, curve have done a great job in terms of using curve token to incentivize liquidity, uh, for like a specific uh, trading pairs, right? Then, <clears throat> um, kind of collecting sort of like a trading fee to support like the curve token on the back. So we kind of borrow a similar concept of, oh, we're not, you know, purely incentivized liquidity using Marshall DAO, but we kind of incentivize off-chain compute because we're, so I think Andreessen called this deeping verification. We just call this off-chain compute. It's the same thing, right? I feel like if deeping has a future, so this is a must have kind of component in the system to make it successful, all right? So now we kind of borrow the same idea from CurveDAO, but we incentivize, okay, deeping builders, let's do the off-chain verification on day one, right? So you're getting something here. And of course we have like a whole design, why this is sustainable to also grow the IOTEX token as well. For sure. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that's that's something I'm very excited to see come out of IOTEX in the next couple months. Um, yeah. Want to move us to our lightning round here at the end? It's something we've been doing recently, but basically, we'll just ask you your opinion on uh, a couple of different topics, and if you can kind of just give us your like gut reaction, okay. um, and it can be like a short phrase or a couple sentences, just like whatever you think. But it's just a fun way to to get some personality out of our okay. out of our guests. Um, so yeah, I think the first one I want to start off with is is what's your opinion on skiers versus snowboarders? I know you're a big skier. <laughs> Um, and it's usually like a point of contention. So yeah, how do you feel about skiers versus snowboarders? No, I'm really good at like a skier, right? So I'm like a double diamond type of skier. So I'm, I'm really good. Uh, I try snowboard like a once or twice. I like it too. I feel like I'm just like a, maybe too late to pick it up. Um, so if I were like a younger and like a 10 year, 20 years, maybe I would try snowboard as well. I like both. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely prefer skiing. I, there was a time where I thought I liked snowboarding more because I like surfing, but I caught a couple edges on the snowboard and just realized like I'm way more comfortable on skis. I can go faster. Like I just enjoy it, it more overall. Um, gotcha. That's cool to hear. What What about um, like having a kid or kids? Like how is how has that impacted your life? Um, how's that changed your perspective on things? No, I think that's good, right? So kids gave you some sometimes. Great ideas happens when you kind of disconnect from work. This not just happened to me, it happened to a lot of scientists, right? A lot of like entrepreneurs as well. So you have to really thinking hard on some problem, like you kind of disconnect, you do meditation, do running, then the great you know, sparks basically come. I feel like this happened to me a lot of times, you know, when you're dealing with family, kids, running, I love to run as well. Um, yeah, so I just keep it going. Yeah, that's what I use the shower yeah. for, but... I might need to have a kid soon because I'm not really getting that many shower, <laughs> good shower thoughts recently. All right. <laughs> good point. Yeah, you got to do what you got to yeah. do, Sammy. Um, Rowan, what about living in the Bay Area? I know there's been a lot of a lot of contention, maybe back kind of during COVID, but it was like the, you know, the Miami mayor was like, how can we help? And he was trying to get all these tech and crypto folks over to Miami from the Bay Area and kind of like recreate you know, San Francisco and Silicon Valley over here. I think it's it's worked to some extent, but I think there's also still a lot of like talent and like a nexus of talent in, in the Bay. So I think you've been living out there for a while now. Like what's your opinion on living in the Bay area versus kind of anywhere else for, yeah, for quality of life, for, you know, tech, 
tech connections, investment, all that sure. stuff. Sure. I have a, like a mixed feeling about Bay Area, right? So I love the weather here, so which gave me like a almost sunny every day. Uh, so I can just run out. I, I love indoor stuff. <clears throat> um, but I feel like a Bay Area, although it have a lot of talents, just gave like a, you know, basically Google or Facebook, those big corporations is like a black hole to talents. So they will just suck you in when you were young and give you a good salary, good prom- good promotion, good food, right? Keep you there for multiple years. <laughs> then you realize, oh, I'm already 45. You know, it's just too late to start something new, right? I feel like that's kind of like a lot of things happening here is like this. The talent gets trapped. Uh, so that's why we see some crypto partners here, crypto company here, but not too much. Uh, investors, yes, we do see a lot of investors, but most of them still have the stereotype about crypto because they're coming along from those internet stage, right? So they look at the ARR, they look at like the, uh, what they call like the DAU, those metrics in, instead of like a new kind of crypto, like a matrix. Right. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Um, I know you've tweeted about, about this before, but I'm curious if you could expand a bit on it as, um, you know, is Bitcoin the first deep in, in your opinion? I think so. Sammy, how do you think? No, I mean, because <laughs> if you consider Bitcoin to be the first deep in, then you have to consider every layer one to also be a deep in. And so I've kind of shifted the definition of what I consider to be deep in is any project that's utilizing a hardware device for an activity besides securing their blockchain. <laughs> which basically like blocks out a lot of the L1s, L2s, L3s. Right. But, you know, Bitcoin was the first to everything. So I think, you know, we could get away with saying they were the first deep in as well. Mahesh, how about you? How do you think? I just think at the end of the day, guys, it's all going to be deep in by the time it's over. And well I don't said. think having a perspective <laughs> beyond that is worth anything at the end of the day. And Steve, I hope you print that as a social clip. let's go yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i think i think that the the term is deep in is still so new that like we we probably do want to take as much market cap and like other projects attention as possible and like maybe in the future it's worth kind of defining further but i think for now it's kind of like yeah you want to leave it an open open question potentially agree with mahesh um what round we've talked a bit about this one on one, but I mean, my thinking on like meme coins and NFTs within crypto has definitely evolved a bit over the past couple of years. I know yours has as well. So, mm. I mean, how, yeah, how do you how do you think about meme coins and NFTs in the context of crypto, and maybe specifically Deepin? You know, do you like them? Do you think they have some value, or are you kind of like this is like an annoying uh, community driven thing? I don't want to have to think about this. Like, yeah, what do you think about yeah. meme coins and NFTs? My perspective on meme coin has changed a lot in the past few years. At the very beginning, you know, it's a shit coin, who cares, right? Now it's towards <clears throat> like, okay, so this is a very interesting way to propagate information among a lot of people. Let's, you know, try to look into why this works and how this works. Uh, I think I have a tweet to talk about the meme is like a win for a lot of things, right? So if we give this wing to Deepin, <clears throat> so there is an interesting like a Deepin inscription actually launched on Altex, speaking of which, uh, got a lot of transaction, uh, transactions and also tractions in Q4 last year, uh, basically proof this one. So that's why I do think mean is very, very important. Because think about like most of the people in this world, they really don't understand what we're talking about right now. 
right? Few people understand, but like a lot of people, they understand those like animal fun, kind of you know, price one hundred x overnight type of stuff. Almost everybody understands, right? So we should leverage this one as a kind of channel or like a media, trying to kind of uh, advocate like a deep in this is all the deeping world we want to build. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Which deep end do you think is gonna be the helium of, of this cycle? Are you asking me, Sammy? Yeah, yeah. I'm so biased on this one. <laughs> <laughs> My questions are all very biased. <laughs> yeah, I think Iotex we will do good this year. <clears throat> you know, because we. Uh, we are so prepared, and also at the same time, we do see a lot of deep in builders, very smaller like a projects or teams. They want to try something big, right? So we are here for them. So that's why I feel like IELTS should be good. Other than that, I know Sammy, you have a lot of interest into Taobit Tensor. I feel like they are also doing something really interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Taopilled to the max. <laughs> You're Tao Max right now. Yeah, I'm a Tao Maxi. So you're biased. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was actually going to have that be one of my questions. I was just going to say the word bit tensor and see what you would respond. But then I was like, maybe that's uh, not the best use of Rollins time. Yeah. No, no, that's all good. Um, I actually think we should add that to the lightning round going forward. One of the questions should just be the word bit tensor. Just bit tensor. Hey, I'm down. I think you get some crazy fucking reactions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, their community is one of the craziest in crypto. I'm sure that the social club would do well. And, but if we have that every week, it might be a bit, uh, a bit, a bit tensor <laughs> focused. Right, and so also, I, I, go for it. Go ahead. No, I say like, uh, I, I think Connor knows, knows this too, right? So we interact with a lot of like a uh, smaller, like a uh, deeping projects. Although some of them are really small, like uh, uh, not shiny right now, we feel like they got a lot of energy behind the scenes. So yeah, it will not be surprised to see like a 100x type of coins coming out of front deeping this year. Agreed. So Polish. kind of related to BitTensor, how many years do you think until humanity unlocks artificial general intelligence? Wow, this is a tough one. I don't know. I'm not an AI person, but I feel like it's getting closer, right? I feel like the next bottle for AI is mostly around energy. If you think about mm, it, right? you have to consume a lot of energy to produce a very, very powerful model, right? Um, do we have this type of energy? No. So where do we harvest this type of energy? Yeah, nuclear, you know, those hypervision stuff, solar panel. Yeah, so that's also tied back to deep in Yahweh. Yeah, I, I recently learned about um, space-based solar energy, which just kind of blew my mind, but there's a bunch of interesting um, experimentation happening in the energy space. Um, last question on my front. Connor Lovely, thoughts? Thoughts on what? <laughs> I'm just giving you one word. You, you, whatever comes to mind, you know, worst employee ever. Who is Connor Lovely? Yeah. yeah. Lovely. Does he work for me? <laughs> no, I, I guess that summarizes it. He's not even sure if Connor's yeah, still employed with the company. Great. I was joking. Yeah, Connor's definitely great, you know, young, smart, hungry, and very much, you know, uh, into the deeping space. He almost knows everybody in the deeping space and also gave us, us a lot of insights in terms of what do they want. Actually, I have to give the credit back to Connor Lovely um, to have this idea about deeping scan, right? I think this type of like a first thing 
he got on board, he pointed out, oh, deepening scan is super important, you know, give early stage project a lot of exposure and also growth stage project a lot of exposure. So let's do this all together. I think he kind of like, a, you know, uh, sell or sell this idea around the team. So that's why we built deepening scan, you know, thanks for that. For sure. Yeah, thank you for the, the kind words. And it's been super cool to see it emerge as kind of like a, a product, like a public good um, within you know, IOTechs. It's, and I think a lot of attention is on it now. A lot of projects are, are integrated and using it. So it's that's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, Rallon, with that, we're almost at time here. Um, so just want to ask if there's anything else you want to touch on, anywhere you want to point our listeners to to find out about you know, more about you, more about IOTechs, just kind of any any last thoughts before we wrap up. Sure. Here. First, I want to say thank you to everybody here. So you guys are like the core of the deeping. So definitely like I'm so fortunate to work with you guys very closely on this deeping, right? So it's not something like we can just work on by IOTechs ourselves. We have to work with you guys. You guys are definitely like way smarter than, than we are. So that's one thing. Um, Second one is, you know, if you want to find more information about me, so my Twitter handle is Rowling, R-A-U-L-L-E-N. Uh, IOTEX is I-O-T-E-X, the I-O. Um, so yeah, so there's more information over there. Roland, we're definitely not way smarter than you. If we were way smarter than you, that would be a problem. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, another one is like, uh, not sure when we will like uh, get this one out, but like uh, the team, 20% of the IOTEX team will be East Denver this year, which is uh, end of February, early March. So if you want to meet the team with me in person, definitely you know, come to our event. Uh, and also we can invite you to the Airbnb house we have over there. We're going to be doing it very big. It's going to be the biggest deep in event of the year. We did it really big at, at East Denver last year. So very excited for this one. Now do it in a Trump yeah, Ron, voice. Thank you so much for... It's going to be the biggest event know. of oh, the year. Yeah. It's going to be bigger we, than anything else did the it. world has ever seen. <laughs> we did it bigly. We're going to be doing it even biglier. Yeah, exactly. Is there um, Donald Trump Yeah, Rowan, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't do I don't do uh, voice impersonations often. That sounds like that's your that's your uh, secret talent. <laughs> but yeah, Rowan, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome. Um Excited to get this out and get it into the, the kind of crypto Twitter world and see what people think. But yeah, I really appreciate you coming on and um, we'll be in touch about kind of when we're thinking about releasing it and uh, social club schedule and all of that shortly. So thank all you. All right. Thanks again. for having me. Guys. Yeah. Thanks, cool. Roland.